0: Sunday, did you bring your Bible with you? Raise your hand with your Bible, please. We want to take a little Bible count here. Okay. <laughs> well, it's nice to share the Word with you this morning. Uh, it Feels like I haven't done so for a few weeks because there's been so many guest speakers and different things happening. And uh, let's just pray, Heavenly Father. I pray that as I Share as your vessel, as your instrument here. We pray, Lord, that you would cause your anointing to flow through me. And I pray that this would be uh, being a mouthpiece to your people. Lord, your word is so incredibly important in our lives, and we want to give it the place it deserves. We open our hearts to receive from you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Where's the men? Amen. Okay, everybody's wide awake. Now, please turn to uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 27 to 36. The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is Moving in the Opposite Spirit. Moving in the Opposite Spirit. I can remember years ago, When I was probably in high school or something like that, hearing a teaching about this, it was the first time that I'd heard it expressed in such a way as moving in the opposite spirit. And uh, it's always stuck with me. It's a phrase that I've never forgotten. And um, maybe for you, you've heard of it before, but let's remind ourselves what God's Word says. Now, as we read these couple of verses of Scripture... This is going to challenge you. Okay? Do you still want to hear God's Word? Even if it's maybe not so nice for your soul realm, well, let's listen to it. It says here, it says, But I say to you, love your enemies. That sounds like moving in the opposite spirit. Do good to those who hate you. That's moving in the opposite spirit. Bless those who curse you. That's what the Bible says. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Wow. I said you were going to be challenged. But this is what the Bible teaches us. And if we mm, mm, <coughs> excuse me, if we are people of the word, then we adjust our lives according to the word. Can you think of somebody mm, that fits into that first verse there that has done something to you, that has maybe been an enemy? or that has hated you, or cursed you, or spitefully used you. Can you think of somebody like that? Maybe you think of them, you think, well, I want to crush them. I want to crush them. I want to do what David said, Lord, smash their teeth. Let there be wailing and gnashing of teeth. But but here we're in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, and God's Word is speaking to us this morning, and I can't behave like I used to behave before Jesus came into my life, God's word is talking to me. goes on to say, To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. I mean, that's just... That's just it. (laughs) These scriptures, they were interesting. But then, God even said... And this is the words of Jesus, that we would have this kind of an attitude. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from whom him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies." That sounds like moving in the opposite spirit. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the highest. I'd like to say, in that way, you begin to act like sons of the highest. Look at this, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. That sounds like God moving in the opposite spirit. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. I don't know about you, but that passage of Scripture definitely challenges me. It challenges my own heart. It challenges the selfishness that I have in my heart. And it says, gotta go, gotta go. Gotta go. And if you're anything like me, if you're also a human being, you might feel also challenged by God's word. And interesting, the little title above the section here says, Rules of Kingdom Life. These are guidelines. These are rules to live in a new kingdom because we have been removed out of the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says, We've come into the kingdom of His marvelous light. We've come into that, the kingdom of light. And we need to act accordingly. Verse 35 and 36 to me is striking. He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. You see, as we walk in the opposite spirit, meaning opposite the spirit of the world, as we walk in the opposite spirit, we begin to display the Father. We begin to be merciful like the Father is merciful. Now, a few aspects I'd like to touch on, four to be exact. The first one is, number one, the tendency to retaliate. We live in a world that functions completely contrary to to the way God wants His people to function. This is the world's philosophy. I am a servant to no one. I have rights. Whatever it takes, I'll get him back. I don't have to put up with his nasty remarks. Do unto others before they do unto you. If he shouts at me, I'll shout back louder. Now, if we're honest... That is quite accurate. If we're honest, that does give a picture of the way in which the world operates. But the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a renewing of the mind session. Welcome to your renewing of the mind session. The same verse of scripture that I just referred to, I'd like to read it in the message version. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity within you. Now, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the world's philosophy, and I, I thought, you know what? There is a, a growing tendency in the world to enter into litigation. Litigation. There's a growing tendency, what's litigation? It's legal action. It's lawsuits. There's a growing tendency that this is what happens. If something is done to you, which is not exactly what should have been done, you respond and you sue the person. You sue the pants off them. Like in America, you know, you don't do anything out of line there because somebody will sue you, you know. I was thinking, uh, also listening to television recently, there's an advert for some insurance company saying, have you been in an accident and it wasn't your fault? Well, contact us. And basically they word it all nicely, but we're going to get money back for you if this happened to you. And, you know, I, I can understand that in certain instances there needs to be legal action. But you know what? This tendency just to run to solve it through the courts and through law and through lawyers and legal action, I believe that it is not always so appropriate, neither is it actually profitable. And I actually think that in South Africa this is also a growing trend. I was chatting to a constitutional court judge once. I was standing with the, in the foyer speaking to him. And I was asking him, what's it like being in your job? And he's based in Bloemfontein and he operates from there and so on. And I said, what's it like in your job? And do you enjoy what you do and so on? And you know what? The man looked bitterly unhappy. He looked as though it was just not a lot of fun. And then he said this, and I'll never forget it. He said, litigation is like feeding on the carcasses of dead relationships. Wow. This is a man who's doing the L.A. law thing, if I can put it this way, the S.A. law thing. He's uh, spending all his time handling legal matters, according to the book. And you know what he says? The whole process actually stinks. It's like feeding on the carcasses of dead relationships. I thought, my goodness, perhaps you have lost years of joy and peace through fighting certain legal battles. And I was wondering, maybe some people today may reconsider certain actions that are currently in court. I realize that there's there's times when things need to be done and there is appropriateness at times for that. But you know what? There is a kingdom culture that should be influencing our decisions in this regard. We should not quickly want to retaliate. We should not quickly want to sue somebody. I believe that there is a better way. There is a kingdom approach. Please look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38. Please turn there with me. Matthew 5 Verse uh, 38 to 40. It says here, Matthew five thirty-eight: You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. Now, notice the next verse, verse 40, has the word sue in it. It says, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Is God's word challenging us today? Wow. Wow, but but God, why would I do that? If I have been done in and if that is wrong, Lord, why on earth should I do that? Because God says... There's certain things where you give it over to me and you release that person and you bless them and you forgive them and it causes grace to flow over your life. And God says, you know what? The bigger picture of things, vengeance is mine. I will ultimately repay. There will be a day of reckoning. But maybe it's not going to happen the way you want it to happen. The tendency to retaliate is very much there. Under the law, people were permitted to get even. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But under grace, we are called to a higher standard. Number two, react or respond. React or respond. Uh, we are not responsible for what people do to us. But you and I are responsible for the way in which we respond to that. Charles Swindle says the following life is 10% about what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it. You know, I was thinking uh, about my dad and he would uh, every week he would have a pastors meeting and he had a big group of pastors At one stage, there was about 28 pastors on the team. I don't know know how he did it, but in any case, he he enjoyed having a big team like that. And, you know, sometimes in meetings where you've got 28 men together discussing things related to congregational life, sometimes sensitive matters come up and there is a difference of opinions. And I can remember for, for the two or three years that I was on the pastoral team before my dad went to be with the Lord, been in some of these meetings. And maybe congregational areas would come up and they'd be wanting to move the boundary from this street to that street. And then the one pastor would be across because then he's going to lose some of his sheep. And then that guy gets the sheep and so on. And I was like amazed, you know, staring at what's happening. And, and my dad used to say to them, gentlemen, gentlemen, I want you to respond and not react. And yes, yes, boss, yeah, 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 okay, we're going to do that now. And the meeting gets going again and next thing somebody starts to get worked up and you can see the mood beginning to change and he stopped them and said, no, 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 my brother, I'm sorry, but now you are reacting. We'll come back to you just now. Anybody would like to respond? (laughs) And then the next person goes and he begins to speak. And my dad would actually stop them from reacting. And he would say, you need to respond. And I thought to myself, you know, this is actually a major key in life. This is what it's speaking about here. It's speaking about not reacting, but responding. Think back to when Jesus was brought before his accusers in different places in, in Jerusalem, maybe in, the, in Herod's courts or whatever it might have been. And Jesus was totally unfairly accused and hurled ridicule at and all this kind of thing, but you know what? He did not retaliate. There were times when he spoke, and then there were times when he actually uh, used very clever tactics, if I can put it that way. They would say, are you king of the Jews? And, and he would respond in a way that would diffuse the situation, and he wouldn't specifically say, yes, I am king of the Jews, but he would say, it is as you say it is. And Amazing, we can learn from Jesus, I believe, that also in terms of life, and specifically in terms of marriage, this is a major, major key. It's common knowledge that the biggest problem in marriages is communication, communication communication-related problems. And you know what? If you learn as a husband, if you learn as a wife, not to react and fly off the handle, but to rather respond... I believe it can make your marriage move from being hell to being an oasis. And some, uh, some marriage principles that they put forth as a very good principle, let me just uh, get, get two chairs here for a moment. They say that if you're battling to communicate, you should have a listening chair and a speaking chair. And so you take turns. So, And it's ladies first. So you let your wife take a seat in the speaking chair, and you take a seat in the listening chair. And what happens next? You have to zip your lip as the man. Let me sit in the man's chair here for a moment, okay? And you have to listen to your wife and hold her hand. Yes, that's a good one. Thank you, my dear. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> You've got to listen. You know what? I've discovered many people cannot listen and zip their lip. Nudge your husband, please. <laughs> just kidding. So, the wife begins to speak, and all the husband says firstly, he just says, tell me how you feel. And the wife then begins to speak. That's the speaking chair. This is the listening chair. And you let the wife speak and speak and speak. And you do not speak. Okay? It will probably take a while. But it will work. And then... Oopsie. My microphone got stuck here. So. <laughs> sure. <coughs> Let me put this in my pocket, Jim. All right. Then you see that's how long she took. My microphone got stuck. And then you get into the speaking chair, and then she listens. That's the difficult part. Yes, it is. But you know what? I really believe that this is a major key in life. If you can control your tongue. And if you can be quiet and let the person with whom you have covenant relationships speak, wow. And then if you have a chance to speak and they listen, you know what? You find common ground. You hear a person's heart. It's all about learning to respond, not react. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. It also says in James 3, verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Does that sound like the opposite spirit, like moving in the opposite spirit? Peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. This is so opposite to where you say, I have my rights. But you say, I'm willing to yield. Because in a marriage, it's not about one, but it's about two. It's about being united in heart. A person that can control himself and not lose his temper is someone that others will respect. It takes self-control to respond and not react. Number three, choose a better way of handling life's challenges. Move in the opposite spirit. I'm focusing here on the choice aspect. Maybe your father or your mother, your parents, maybe they modeled a reactive kind of home environment where things would get really worked up and ugly words would be said. Maybe you even grew up in a home where some things would begin to be thrown around. And you know what? That's not the kingdom picture of a home under the order of God. And if that happens in your home, gentlemen, sir, as head of your home, you are responsible to change the climate in your home. We should never grab things off the wall to send through the message. We shouldn't do that. But, you know, you might have learned that kind of a scenario. But you're now in the kingdom of God, and you need to adopt the Lord's pattern of doing things. A quiet answer turns away wrath. Instead of punching each other's buttons, no, no, no. Respond with a quiet answer. Respond with a peaceable heart. Respond with a willingness to Yield. John Gagliardi says, By moving in the opposite spirit, we walk in faith, not fear. We walk in victory, not defeat. In generosity, not greed. In peace, not anxiety. In love, not anger. In integrity, not dishonesty. In joy, not in depression. We serve instead of wanting to lead. We give instead of wanting to receive. We bring light into darkness and righteousness into depravity and corruption because we've been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Number four, the last aspect. Responding with grace opens the flow of grace over your life. It's almost like there's a big spiritual tap above your life. And as you choose to respond in a retaliation type of way, say ugly things, cut people down with your tongue, it's like the tap over your life gets closed off by the Father. But then, as you begin to choose to be merciful, as your Heavenly Father is merciful, then the tap begins to open over your life, and you experience God's grace You want to experience more grace, so more grace. For with the same measure that you measure, it will be measured back to you. That's what it says in Luke 6.38. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, as a church, you're uh, aware that every Saturday we send out a little SMS to the people of the church, reminding them about church and mentioning what the theme of the the service is and so on. How many of you appreciate getting the SMS's on a Saturday? Okay, hopefully it doesn't disturb your sleep if it comes in at whatever (laughs) afternoon sleep time. But yesterday was no different. We sent out an SMS to the congregation and it read as follows. It said, Hi so-and-so, join us tomorrow. Our theme, moving in the opposite spirit. Luke 6.27. Prayer at 8.15 in the chapel. Enjoy fellowship and coffee before. Blessings choose life. And the SMS was sent out. A few minutes later, somebody responded and said, Oh, please. Oh, please. And I happen to know that this person hasn't come to church for a a long time and maybe they're battling with some things in their own heart. But that's what they said. Oh, please. And I thought maybe, maybe they thought this moving in the opposite spirit thing is crazy or, oh, please. And Now, I had to choose how I was going to respond. So, I thought of a few things. <laughs> bless the Lord. No, no, no. no, no. I, had saintly, no. <laughs> I had saintly thought. No, no. Let me tell you what happened. For a moment, I wasn't so happy. And then I decided, I'm just going to bless that person. I didn't send anything back to them, but prayerfully I just said, Lord, I bless that person. I just bless them. Obviously, maybe there's some battles in their heart, and I bless them in Jesus' name. A few moments later, another member replied. And this member said, wow. We appreciate your ministry of teaching and encouragement, and we pray for you. The three of us will be there tomorrow. And you know what? I thought, I just thought that the Lord allowed that all to happen. And by the way, it's not that you have to respond to the SMS that you, that you, (laughs) that you receive one or two people here and there, they do, but... You know what? I thought because I decided to open the tap of grace, soon thereafter uh, an encouraging SMS came through and I received grace in return for uh, giving out grace. When we respond with grace, then Jesus says, now you are responding just like me. In conclusion, I want to say, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And as you and I endeavor to really live according to the word, live according to kingdom principles, I believe we shine all the more brighter. And so I want to encourage you that you would actually put this into action in this week ahead. I pray that the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder, so to speak, when something is said to you perhaps that is not so kind or a situation arises that's not so great. I pray that the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and then may you respond in the opposite spirit. Please bow your heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us today. Lord, and it makes us so appreciate the fact that you are a merciful God. You are a merciful God and a gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, we say that we're sorry for the times when we've been ugly where we have retaliated, Lord, please forgive us for that. Help us to begin to live in more of a kingdom way and show your kindness and love to others so that your light would shine brightly through our lives and so that people would see our good deeds and glorify you, Father, in heaven. In Jesus' name. Lord, now I speak a blessing out over your people. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.